you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord.
reading from the book of Zephaniah. Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guest. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the people who rest complacently on their dregs, those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do harm. Their wealth shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter, the warrior cries aloud there. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring such distress upon people that they shall walk like the blind. Because they have sinned against the Lord, their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his passion, the whole earth shall be consumed for a full a terrible end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. The word of the Lord.
first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. The word of the Lord.
coming into Matthew. Jesus said, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy all of your things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap what I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The gospel.
I speak today to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Greece, there are five monasteries that were built in the 15th century on top of a very, very steep mountain. Now, there are two ways to get to these monasteries. The first way, if you're hale and hearty, you climb up a series of wooden ladders that are latched together end to end and make your way up this very steep cliff. The other option is that you ride in a wicker basket that is suspended in midair on a rope, and the monks at the top pull you in with a great deal of effort and strength. For quite an exhilarating and yet terrifying ride, you can ride in this rickety basket. And that's one day, that's exactly what this woman did, this tourist. And then she is halfway up as the basket begins to sway a little bit, and she turns to the monk next to her, and she looks up, and she said, that's an awfully old and frayed rope. How often do you change the rope? He looked at her, and he looked at the basket, or the rope, and then he shrugged his shoulders, and he thought, and he said, well, whenever it breaks. <laughs> Granted, most of us will not be riding up in a basket on the side of a steep cliff with nothing but our old, frayed rope holding us up. Nevertheless, welcome or not, we will be asked to take a risk in life. In fact, we will be asked to take several risks over the span of our lives. As the children of God, we are called to embrace and live into the abundant life that Jesus has created for us. It involves risk. There's no getting around it. Even so, I think we are hardwired to be what I call risk-adverse. Often when faced with an overwhelming challenge, a problem, a crisis, a situation, wherever it is, a lot of times we automatically go back to default mode of play it safe. We react by doing what we feel is the cautious, the reasonable, sensible thing to do to avoid a disaster or a failure. It makes sense to buckle our seatbelt, use sunscreen, and to look both ways when we cross the street. And I believe this was the mindset of this young servant in our gospel story this morning, the one who had buried that one talent. Despite his very best intentions, he fails miserably. The rich landowner has given three of his servants a tremendous amount of money, wealth to manage. Two are given five talents, or one is given five talents, the other is given two talents, and then the other one is given one. In ancient Palestine, a talent was a measure of wealth that equaled 15 years of a wage. 15 years of income. Tremendous amount of money. So the landowner seems to know his servants pretty well. He knows their abilities, their capacity to do good things. 
So one he gives five talents, the other he gives two talents. And they manage their money beautifully. In fact, they get 100% return on their investment. And for any investment banker, you know that's incredibly hard to do. And usually it takes a great amount of risk to get that kind of return. But he is extremely well pleased when they come back and they give an accounting of what all they have made. And in response, he welcomes them into partnership. All is well. Well, sadly, the story of that third servant doesn't go so well. He is overwhelmed when given this incredible amount of money, more than he will ever see in his lifetime, probably. He feels a great deal of responsibility. He's filled with fear. He breaks out in a sweat as he starts to think, God forbid, literally, what if I lose it all? What will happen then? So, he plays it safe. As with the custom at the time, he digs a hole and buries this valuable amount of money. Today, it'd be tantamount to putting money under our mattress. When the landowner returns and asks for an accounting, of course, the others are very, very proud of what they're able to present. But things go very badly for this young servant. He's even proud when he comes forward. It's like, I didn't lose a cent. It is right here, just as you gave it to me so long ago. But things go downhill. The landowner, instead of congratulating, rebukes him in a most cruel and damning way for not having taken the risk to invest this sum of wealth in a wise way like the other two servants did. As a result of his actions, or I would say his in action, he has lost the opportunity to enjoy a deeper, more substantive relationship with his landowner that the other two now enjoy. You see, this young servant missed the entire point of his landowner's intentions. It was never about investing the money to create more wealth. Instead, it was about life. It was about love. It was about trust. The willingness to take risks when we realize that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. It's about living the life that Jesus and his disciples lived. Investing in love between themselves with God and even those they didn't know. Blinded by fear, their servant failed to see the incredible opportunity he had. Instead, he played it safe, and he dug a hole to hide this money he had hoarded. But in the process, he dug a hole for himself, too. He missed out on understanding what it means to be truly alive, trusting in God's abundant grace, that unmerited love that is always offered to us all the time. Because he missed out on that, in the end, he lost everything. There is no true abundant life that Jesus calls us to without some measure of risk. 
there was a way to get around the risk, I would have found it by now, believe me. To get out of bed every day is a risk. But to be truly alive, we must be willing to take the most bold, outlandish, and audacious risk of all. To open ourselves to love and be loved. And when we have the courage, and it takes courage, to risk loving ourselves, others, even those that seem unlovable, that's when we know that we are truly alive. That's when we begin to participate in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Jesus calls us to be his disciples, to love as he loved, to invest ourselves in ways that we've never thought of with each other, with God, to have the courage to expand the horizons of our dreams, whatever they may be. Some would say, no, that's not true. Some would say the biggest risk of all is to not risk at all. To avoid any risk in life is simply not living. It is tantamount to death. Being thrown into the outer darkness, much like our young, fearful servant. That is not the life we were created for. Years ago, the TV host, Oprah Winfrey, had sponsored a project on her show that was really fascinating. She had invited her readers, or her viewers, to write a letter to share their biggest dream. So over the week, she collected, she and her staff, all these letters, thousands of letters from all over the United States. And they shared their biggest dream. And on the day that she had announced some winners of this contest, she surprised a couple of winners and said, okay, I'm going to fulfill your dream. One was owning their own car. The other was owning their own home. Of course, the audience is cheering, they're excited for this unexpected gifts that were given out out of Oprah's generosity. But after everything kind of calmed down, she got very, very quiet. And she spoke directly to the audience in the studio. And she said, this experience of reading all these letters from viewers all across the country proved two things. It saddened me and it disappointed me. She said, these people, everyone who wrote in, had an incredible opportunity to shoot for the stars. And they failed. They could have dreamed so much bigger, but they played it safe. God has entrusted each one of us with the most precious gift of all, the gift of love. We were created out of love, to love. Through God's grace, we are given the freedom of choosing how to invest this gift of love. And we do it by making choices. And the choices we make matter. They matter to us. Most importantly, they matter to God. Jesus calls us to follow him, to take the risk to have the courage 
to love and live life abundantly, making a difference in the world. And when we do, we help create that bit of heaven here on earth. As I reflected on this passage from Matthew this past week, I kept getting this image of, what if Jesus was here in St. John's this morning, sitting in one of the pews? And then the thought came to me, I wonder how he would respond to hearing this passage in the Gospel. Maybe he would paraphrase one of our modern poets, one of my favorites, Mary Oliver, and take a line and paraphrase it from the summer day. And maybe he would just maybe ask us and say, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life I have given? Loving God, you have blessed each of us with many talents. We come before you with thankful hearts, praying for the grace to use our gifts for the good of the world you have made. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. And let our cry come unto you. Mighty Lord, your spirit speaks through your prophets, protecting your people from those who would lead us astray. Give the leaders of the nations a passion for justice and courage to challenge the complacency 
that lets us rest easily with sin. O Lord, hear our prayer. Let our cry come unto you. In this holiday season, we pray for safety in travel, for reconciliation in family, for a heightened sense of gratitude, and for good stewardship of all you have given us. O Lord, hear our prayer. And let our cry come unto you. Heal the sick, bring faith to the discouraged and grieving, and strengthen all who care for the weak. O Lord, hear our prayer. And let our cry come unto you. Give hope to those in Iran, Iraq, Costa Rica, and all who live in the wake of earthquakes and disasters, and bring, bring them rescuers with compassionate hearts. O Lord, hear our prayer. And let our cry come unto you. Receive those who have died into the arms of your mercy, and bless all who mourn with trust in your promise of eternal life. O Lord, hear our prayer. And let our cry come unto you. Eternal God, you have filled the world with beauty. Open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works, that rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you with gladness. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom all things were made. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life.
light, and I will be in touch. We would love to hear from you. If you haven't had a chance to fill out a pledge card or would like to move no more, please see me. You can also pick up a pledge card in the front of the church in the entrance or also right out here. You can also pledge online, so we would be delighted for you to do so. It's been a busy weekend. We had our 233rd Diocesan Convention in Greenwich this past weekend, and St. John's was well represented, and you have a lot to be proud of. We counted eight at our table. We have all our priest associates were there. We also had our wardens, and Heather Simpson was uh, one of our delegates. And we also had our canon. Is Brad Babbitt here today? He's probably taking the time off, much deserved. He's chancellor. In other words, he is the go-to person. If there's any legal question that either of the bishops have, he knows the canons, how to apply them, interpret them. So he's essential. The other person is the diocesan treasurer. Is Lynn Brooks here? Yep. He was there also in the diocese. So we were so proud uh, to be so well represented. One of the things we did, each region, there are six regions now in the diocese, they chose one parish to highlight a particular ministry that they're doing. And St. John's was chosen to highlight our ministry with the refugees. So we had a wonderful vignette of interview with Nancy Latif talking about the Couture's, the family that we have been sponsoring over a year. And so I was so proud of this incredible community. And then I hope you share in that uh, sense of, of pride and honor. You all do so much, and it's obvious to the entire diocese. We did a lot of good work. We're also glad to be back here. We passed some important resolutions that are going to be taken up to the National Convention next summer in Austin, Texas. So more to come for that. And we'll include more information in the bulletin. In two weeks, we have our Christmas festival. If you haven't picked up your yard sign, you may do so by the coffee urns. Place it in your yard or place at work, wherever. It really does make a difference. So let the neighborhood know what we're up to. And also in your bulletin, there are all sorts of opportunities to volunteer and donate for this Christmas festival. It's a wonderful, wonderful fundraiser. We also need donations for blessing bags. Again, that's in the bulletin. Uh, these are wonderful basic toiletries that we give out those who in need. So they don't leave St. John's empty-handed. There's just so much we can do. What we do want them to know that they are truly loved and we care for them. Wherever you are in your life, if you would like a blessing for yourself, prayer for yourself or for someone else, please feel free to go to the font and one of our healing ministers will be there to greet you. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever risk you may be thinking about, whatever challenges you may have, know that you're most welcome wherever you are in that spiritual journey to come forward, to meet Jesus at the table in the body and blood, in the bread and the wine, to hold you and sustain you always. So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully 
receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us, living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual 